Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. Hello, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is the Blackthorne Grove, a podcast where witchcraft meets with good friends over tea to talk about the nature of magic and community. Today, I have a fantastic guest. I'm so excited. Uh, we've been we've been going back and forth trying to get this and. Mercury retrograde seems like the perfect time because we just hadn't, we're both so busy. So this is the amazing Alice Tchaikovsky. She's a scholar and practitioner in a variety of forms of thaumaturgy with a focus and result-based magic. Uh, While especially interested in both Solomonic magic and Greco-Roman magic of the Greek magical papyri, she's also well-versed in soul flight and psychic magic of various kinds, the founder and force behind Practical Occult, practicalocult.com. She strives to stri- she strives to provide pentacles and other enchanted items drawn from a broad background of rigorously studied ancient arts, leveraging the systems of past for their practical modern use. And I can personally vouch, I've, I've, I have two of your amazing pieces that have done incredible things. Um, and, and we'll get into that just as soon as you say hi. <laughs> hi, I'm so glad to be on the show. Um, and also, Amy, how long have we known each other? It's been a oh, really God. long time. It's it's more than 15, probably. Yeah. I was trying to think about that in advance of this uh, podcast and I could not place how long we've known each other. Well, I have pictures from our first performance together, and I think that was in 2007 or 2008. Yeah, something like that. So, and it was before that, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. It's, just, it's one of those funny things, because Delaware is such a small state, you're like, oh no, there's less than a million people, so half of the people already know half of the other people, you just have to get to those people who don't know you. It's true. Do you want to talk about what all this incredible language means for our, our viewers at home, the people listening? Uh, sure. Um, so I use the word thaumaturgy uh, in, my, in my bio instead of the word magic, which is the word people usually use. <laughs> the reason why I do that is because I feel that the word magic is really it's fluid. A lot of people have different definitions of what that means to them. And I don't want to, I don't want to tread on anyone's personal definition of magic or say this is magic and that isn't. Um, so I just, I just like to go with thaumaturgy, which denotes wonder working, uh, because I'm, I'm all about the practical. I, you know, I, I do want to get results and I do want to help myself and others with the magic I'm doing. It's really incredible to be able to track and record and explain the results that you're already having. I mean, it's one thing where you you bump into a friend and you talk about magic for a minute and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and you, you go your separate ways, but to have such a, not just calculated, but such a wide practical experience from your customers who were able to say, oh my, oh my God, it did this, this happened and this happened. That must be so rewarding as a magician. You know, it is. Um, when I started Practical Occult, I did something that I didn't see other folks doing at the time, which was that I, I enabled a third-party review app. So customers get an email um, after a few weeks to say, hey, um, 
what do you think about your product? Do you have any questions? Do you need, uh, do you need help with anything? Let us know. Um, or if everything's great, leave us a review. Nice. So, so folks get that reminder. And that's one of the reasons why I have so many reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but between that and the customer service and being able to talk with people and additionally, to be able to talk with the spirits about it. So, so one of the one of the stories I have, which was really interesting, is um, and and this this involves the Jupiter Health, mm-hmm. which is um, one of the ones you have. Um, I was talking to someone who had purchased a Jupiter Health, and they were saying that the person that they purchased it for, uh, you know basically needed a bunch of uh, medical assistance mm-hmm. but couldn't afford it. So, you know, this this podcast is in the United States where we don't have uh, we don't have universal health care. <laughs> it's a thing that happens a lot. Um, you know, where someone needs needs something and they can't get it. So because the spirits of Jupiter also handle wealth, I was like, hey, spirits of, of the Jupiter health pinnacle this health issue is actually related to money. So they were able to to basically solve that so that the person got what they needed and it was affordable. Nice. So it didn't, you know, magically regenerate the stuff that needed to to be fixed, but they got, they got quality care Mm -hmm. pretty much right after I talked to the spirits about it. That's fantastic. Uh, what was it? Probably two weeks after I got the Jupiter Health from you, uh, I was approved to go to a new neurologist for my chronic migraines, mm-hmm. and the one of the treatments that he had prescribed was Botox for migraines, mm-hmm. and my cost is zero dollars. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! So it not only did it get rid of the blockages that I had in my way to accessing care, but made it so that it was again affordable. That's really amazing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how how clever these spirits are and the mm-hmm. way that they end up working. Um, it's it's definitely it's definitely magical, but I can't always say in advance how it's going to work for a person. Right. Um, you know, just that it's likely it will. It's really neat because when we look at what we think we need versus what is the path forward is two separate, completely separate things, especially as, you know, if you're someone like myself who is chronic illness, we talk about one thing, but they're so often related to so many other pieces of our life. It doesn't even occur to us that maybe this piece and this piece are connected until the spirits make a way for it. Right. Yeah. They're, they're so clever. I, uh, I love, I love the spirits that I work with professionally and I do consider them to be um, my coworkers. How did you move to this segment of thaumaturgy? Did you, is this where you started and you just said you just blossomed like a flower or did you start somewhere else and sort of move over? What, how, how did that work? Um, so my, mar- my magical journey has been uh, eclectic and convoluted. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I've always been spooky and, uh, you know, had spooky... Uh, spooky perceptions of, of things, uh, spooky abilities, but um, I didn't really get good training about that until I met Caroline Kenner, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, someone you know uh, from, from our, uh, our, local, 
our local spooky uh, community who's who's now moved out west. But um, so so I worked with Caroline, and she has a really great teaching method where she teaches you how to go into a trance and uh, work with spirits that way. And then it's a little bit uh, human-led, but mostly spirit-led. So she would say, all right, go find a spirit that is willing and able to teach you X. And then we would all, um, you know, do a little journey. And then the spirit would teach us. And then we would all come back to our senses and talk about what we learned. So, um, you know, I, I did that for her two-year program. Um, and then as I was finishing that up, I started picking up uh, grimoire magic. Uh, so that's the grimoire magic is where the Solomonic pentacles that I make come from. Um, they're found in various keys of Solomon, uh, like the veritable key or the greater key, mm -hmm. a clavicula Solomonis. Uh, so um, there's a there's that, and then there's also the Greek magical papyri, which I picked up pretty much right after I picked up Grimoire Magic, um, and and that's kind of my my big interest. As a part of your practice, do you, are you more trance led, or do you employ divination methods outside, like runes, crystals, cards, to help you get where you're going? Um. So I. It depends. It depends on what I'm doing. Um, sometimes I even work with the scryer, mm. um, who's who's more psychic than I am. Um, I do constantly have divination in my life to, um, you know, just keep track of where things are now and where they're going. Um, I actually rely on uh, Alex Moore, who is the other team member of Practical Called for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just, you know, work directly with spirits and um, go from there. This is so neat. Um, it's very interesting. When we worked with um, the Six Pentacle of Mars, mm -hmm. I wear it, I, I, I make sure I wear it, especially uh, during uh, high volume traffic times. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was, I was wearing it when there was an issue with my neighbor recently. And it was helpful in a ways that I did, again, I didn't expect, I didn't expect to need it, but I was already wearing it. And <laughs> this, this was very, very beneficial for making sure that my home was safe because my neighbor is unwell. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, the protection ones are also interesting the way they work. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've heard stories where someone had a workplace enemy and uh, right after they got the pentacle, a series of events happened that caused uh, the person who owns the pentacle to have to cover for their enemy. Mm -hmm. And then the whole end up, the, the uh, end resolve of this was that the person felt indebted to them. So no longer an enemy now. Wow, thanks for saving my job. Nice. So like completely neutralize the whole situation. It's, it's interesting because most of those times you get those little nitpicky backstabby relationships in offices and it makes it really easy for them to 
pass along misinformation about you or make up something the way that that worked out is actually really neat <laughs> yeah there, I, that's that's one of the reasons why i love i love the spirits that um are behind the pentacles they're just so clever uh they're they're really they're really clever about how they solve problems i just i love it is there has creating practical occult and working with the talismans so intensely changed the rest of your magical practice or was it already changed and so it's just sort of a natural outflow of the other um yes it has very much changed my magical practice uh mostly in that uh i used to have to do at least 20 minutes of a ritual to mm -hmm. you know so for example uh you know i i work for my friends and they'll call and say uh you know hey i've got a situation can you help and i'll be like of course um, so now all I do is I'll just take, take my ex existing pentacle uh, of whichever one is most appropriate and I'll just petition it on their behalf. And sometimes that just takes moments. So it's, it's kind of, it's like I front loaded a lot of the magic. So having made them with a much longer, more involved ritual, now I can just, you know, basically like call them up on the phone and be like hey can you do the thing and they're like sure so because because all you know the the things have been done already the connections have been made yeah i mean the rituals that we think are such an integral part as we pro progress as practitioners they become less and less necessary and it's so neat to wait figure out how we can take those pieces out and still have the same result mm -hmm. fantastic um, uh, is it a lot of daily work? Are you doing a lot of individual practice or are you scheduling things around the, the planetary hours? You sort of spread it out throughout the week. So, um, I, I usually schedule things in planetary hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I certainly do for all of my, uh, my pentacles and Solomonic magic, um, less so for my work from the Greek magical papyri. Mm -hmm. Um, because that that doesn't always uh, have a sort of timing requirement to it, um, but I do I do try to make sure that I have a decent amount of downtime because I found that too much magic is maybe not it's maybe not a good thing. Like yes. it's you can get kind of high and ungrounded from it, and you you really just need to take a couple of days off and you know, go walk in some dirt or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, thinking about um, the the school of trance witchcraft that we attended, and it's like you, spending three and four hours in trance and then having to get in the car and drive home, you know, it could be two hours, it could be three hours, 95 is changeable at best. And being able to reintegrate yourself into your body, into your surroundings, is a lot easier when you have a little bit more time to do it. But back to back, a lot of time during the day, it's it's not only draining, it's spiritually exhausting. Right. At what point did you feel comfortable considering yourself a magician or a witch or, you know, what you're, where did you say, okay, this is, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Well, um, 
I guess, I guess the point where I felt really comfortable with that, uh, not only had I been getting consistent results personally for a while, mm -hmm. but I started sending uh, the pentacles I was making to friends that had been making them for decades. Uh, and, you know, kind of to, to say like, hey, is this, is this okay? Is this as, as good as the ones that you've been making? What's going on here? Um, so once I got validation from friends that I trusted, uh, then I felt, I felt good about it. And, and of course, everyone always asks, like, how did you, how did you get into being a professional sorceress? Uh, and the, and the answer to that is I got laid off. <laughs> you know, I would probably still be uh, a tech and operations person at a large corporation if I had survived the round of layoffs that I did not survive. <laughs> so I'd, I'd been at that company for many, many years. They do layoffs all the time, never affected me. And, um, you know, then one day they did. So I was, uh, I was sending out my resume and looking for more um, similar work to what I'd been mm -hmm. doing. But I also kind of cringed every time I sent my resume out because I was thinking about, I'm gonna have to put on a suit. I have to get on a train and go to Philadelphia or something. This is gonna be terrible. <laughs> so so even, even though I was sending out resumes, I actually didn't want any of those jobs. Right. Um, and then I was getting to the point where I was like, all right, Allison, you, you really need to get a job. Like you, you know, this is, this is no longer the time to be picky. Um, and then friends started asking me if they could buy my pentacles, mm -hmm. which I had been making as a hobby for a year. Um, and I was like, yeah, yes, yes, you may. <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, and then within a few months, I had, I turned that into a business. What about your practice can you geek out on and just get excited and, you know, 20 minutes goes by and you realize you're still talking. Like what is that is it would be <laughs> the, Greek, the Greek magical papyri. So, so this text, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's like an anthology of grimoires from Egypt in late antiquity. So it's the, it's the Greco-Roman era of Egypt. Um, most, uh, all of the texts of the Greek magical papyri were either written in Greek, Demotic, uh, or with a little spattering of Coptic. Um, so I've got, I've got English translations of those, and I have a of my comrade, uh, Corey Childs, working on more translations. Oh, um, my friend Brian Alt is coming out with a book on new translations of them called mm -hmm. For Linear Magic really soon. Uh, I, I backed that Kickstarter, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but one of the things about this magic is um, it's very syncretic. So you will see references to Helios, and Zeus and uh, Adonai and uh, all sorts of stuff in the same spell. That's fantastic. So, um, and and the best part is uh, it works really well. Like it just this magic hits like a truck. <laughs> You're, I, I yeah, I refer okay. to it as Hecka for personal use. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, do you do you want to, or do you, or do you mind if I tell you about the day that uh, I picked up my pentacle? Tell me, I would love to hear about it. <laughs> uh, so we, we had met up at Target to yep. have our prisoner exchange, and so we figured we'd do some shopping while we were there, and it was it was great. You know, it's it's Target. You walk in, you wander around, and eventually you wind up with a cart full of stuff that you didn't intend on buying. Well, we had gone into, we were walking back to the dressing rooms with our, with our purchases and someone in the security office saw me hand her money and then go into the dressing room. And the next thing we know, we're coming out of the dressing room <laughs> and security is swarming, trying to figure out if we've, we're doing some drug deal in the middle of the target. Like, okay, guys, <laughs> this is a little ridiculous. I actually went to school with the, one of the, security officers who was responding to their their <laughs> peekaboo and uh it was it was quite funny because i we i was her mentor in uh, in college so it was incredibly amusing for me but it could have gone very badly I, I had almost forgotten about that yep highly amusing for me uh one of the things that I love being able to look at is the evolution of, uh, especially pagan businesses, the evolution from when you started your first pentacle and sold the, those first pieces to what it looks like now. If you could meet yourself at that point where you started the business, what would you tell yourself? Oh goodness, it's been, how many years has it been? It's three years now. Yeah, my goodness. What would you tell three years ago you? I don't know that I would, I would say anything like I, I had, I had a pretty clear path. I added staff as soon as I could. I added, um, better, uh, machining techniques as soon as mm -hmm. I could. Um, so everything, everything is constantly getting nicer and better. Um, I'm looking into, uh, 3d casting now. Oh, so I'm, I'm looking to, looking to cut do you I, I don't know if you've seen the Ouroboros phylactery that I make yes oh my goodness that's now that's upcoming going to be a 3d object with a 3d snake on it so raised up off the pentacle or um, phylactery not pentacle I'm I'm so excited to see this um in practice is there what is your next project look like what's the next fun thing that you're you're looking forward to well uh i'm really trying to get into the uh greco-roman gems so that that was the thing we have we have all these little gems these little magical gems from that era and they've got drawings on them and names uh names of power um a lot of which are found in the greek magical papyri and uh, a lot of them seem to be astrological. So I've been, I've been looking through various uh, old texts about what astrologers of that period said um, and also why they said it. So there's, a, there's, they will describe, they'll describe the spirits of the sky. So they'll say, for example, um, 
you know, in this, in this Deccan or in this zodiac sign or, or this uh, whatever, there's, there's this spirit. And then as they describe it, that's telling you things about what, what you can get from that, that Deccan. Um, so uh, there, you know, it might say, you know, and yes, there's, there's a woman wearing a red dress and her hands are upwards and this, that, and the other, and everything has a meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really interesting to, to try to parse that out, but I'm, I'm, I'm just getting into it. So that's, uh, that's going to be my next thing that I'm looking at, but there's, there's so much. It's so exciting to see the different technologies that people are working for, for different uh, material supports, as well as magical supports. Was there, how did, you know, now that you're a professional sorceress, uh, what does, was there any issues with your family talking about your magical path? Was there, was there a, an issue? So that, that's actually even funnier as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. So, so my, 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 my parents are Protestants mm-hmm. and my, my mom used to teach Sunday school. Um, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's pretty Christian. I was like, Ooh, this is going to be <laughs> weird. Uh, you know, they, they know that I'm pagan already, but this is, this is next level. But I felt like I, I had to come right out and say it because I'm a public figure. I was going public with this. I was doing it under my own name. I was putting my actual face on advertisements. Um, you know, so, so there was, there was no way that this was going to escape my mom's attention. So, uh, you know, we were, we were on vacation at the beach and like a family vacation. And I told her and she said that she wasn't surprised. And then she started telling me about how she used to astral project when she was young. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, when was I going to hear about all of this? And then all of a sudden my mom's like telling me about how spooky she was. And I was like, mom, <laughs> like, like you really should have told me about this many years ago. <laughs> And she said, well, I didn't want you to grow up weird. (laughs) (laughs) And look at me now. I think we missed the boat. Has there, has there been any uh, issues with, you know, that, especially since you're, you do use your own name, has there been any issues with her church or you're just like, oh, okay, that's everything's fine. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Um, it's always interesting to see what does and doesn't ring on somebody's radar, especially in uh, Delaware is such a small state, but it's, it's still blue, but there we have, a, we have the Maryland and Pennsylvania on the side. So sometimes that can influence some of the experiences that have, that have been experienced. Um, yesterday was the, oh my goodness, it was like 13 years ago. Um, I came out to go to breakfast on a Sunday and someone had spray painted which bitch fuck you on my driveway and it's like those things happen and you know sometimes i'm so tickled that it's not been an issue thus far when we talk about the links between our magical practice and our spiritual practice sometimes they can sort of not necessarily overlap but they can reflect each other differently like you know when I talk about working with plants it's not the only thing I do in my magical practice was that has there been 
some self-doubt to overcome as far as moving into the professional has there oh yeah i mean <laughs> as, as especially since um the occult community can be so catty and mean yeah you know, like it doesn't it doesn't have to be and it isn't always you know there's definitely i've definitely had a lot of really supportive people out there mm -hmm. but there's also just people that no matter what you're doing or how you're doing it it's wrong <laughs> they're and they're very happy to make a big stink about it um and of course i i am committing the the cardinal sin to many people of charging money for magic mm -hmm. You know, and and a lot of people are just very against that, uh, even though it's historically been a thing for thousands of years. <laughs> so people are so funny about it. They're and they they feel very strongly about it. Whichever side they're taking, they feel they have some definite feelings about it. Yeah. Um, when I was eighteen, I ran out and I joined the first coven I could find. Never do that. <laughs> but the, one of the things that I, I took from that experience was my high priestess saying, look, people only value what they pay for something. So giving someone a free tarot reading, for, for example, they're going to put exactly as much faith in that and, and stock in what you say as they had to pay for it. So if they didn't pay for it, they're, they're completely not paying attention. This is not something that is either, ever going to go anywhere in their mind because if they didn't pay for it, they don't have to worry about it. And while that could be reinforcing for some people who have had negative experiences, if you aren't able to give that the stock that it deserves, like what's, why bought the, we're all wasting oxygen here, just yeah. move forward. Um, we all have bills to pay, we have, you know, mortgages, rents, electricity, food. Um, it's always funny that people are so adamant about whether or not they're allowed to charge for money. And it's like, I, I, I could be working at a job in a, you know, in an office sitting in a chair for whatever price per hour, what makes that any different because I'm doing it from home. Right. And now that more people are working from home, bless you. Um, since the pandemic started, it's like, okay, we could have been doing this the whole time and businesses have been saying, no, 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 you, you, we need you in the, we need you in the office. Uh, when I was in a wheelchair, I couldn't get to and from different places. Wheelchairs are heavy and awkward and you know, cost the earth and no, it's just easier if I can work from home. But now that we're moving forward from home, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. Um, has there been, there's a, there's a very interesting phenomenon that happens for authors who have gender neutral sounding names. They're usually assumed to be male. And then more often than not, the authors of those projects get quoted back to them like, oh, well, you don't, you don't know um, Morgan Daimler's talking about fairies, so you should go back and read that. And you're like, uh, they are Morgan Daimler, so don't quote my own shit to me. <laughs> have, you, have you had to deal with the, the dude bros of the occult going like, okay, you can't do this because you have lady parts or oh, oh yes oh yes and in, in fact if you if you do a search of my name uh you will even find uh dude bros on the internet uh, <laughs> have hate blogs about me <laughs> oh my god 
we really have nothing better to do. I don't understand it. Like you could be, I won't say curing cancer, but you could just, you could be doing literally anything else. <laughs> so in that way, what have been some, one of the more difficult struggles in dealing with practicing your art? And I do mean art because the, the materials that you produce are spectacular. Um, even, even just down to the, the promotional photos that you use on your website, like there's a lot that goes into these pieces. What's, what's been the hardest thing to deal with? Like that made you almost go, mm, is it really worth it? So, so um, I kind of built my business on Facebook uh, in that I was active in a lot of different Facebook occult groups for years. And then I was posting about things as I was learning them. And then, you know, I was, I was getting into pentacles. I was posting about pentacles. Uh, and all of this was before I, I went professional. So around the same time I went professional, one of the, uh, one of the aforementioned uh, occult men decided to largely for no reason, I guess they didn't like my, my, the tone of the question that I had typed about something that they, they did um, and just decided to kick me out of one of the biggest groups uh, for magic, for the type of magic I did on Facebook. So I just went from someone who'd been in the group for five years and was considered uh, somewhat knowledgeable to mm -hmm. you're blocked. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a setback. Uh, <laughs> and that happened right as I went professional. Though I, I do want to mention that the person who blocked me also sells pentacles. Of course they do. So, uh, and then, uh, so, so I was like, fine, I will, I will go to another group and I will, I will give them my heart. So, you know, I went to a different occult group and I, um, I was made a moderator of it. And I, I wrote a lot of really quality content. Like I, I spent time, you know, making sure that I contributed. And then after, I don't know how many years of that. Um, I had, I had a private disagreement with one of the other moderators after they were mean to uh, someone in the group. So someone had come into the group, posted a question. Uh, one of the other moderators was really mean to them, and I was like, "Hey, that really wasn't an, that really wasn't an appropriate way to respond to that." And instead of uh, uh, in, instead of just saying, "Oh yeah, you know, I was I was having a bad day," you know, I'll do better next time, or really just anything, they doubled down, and then I ended up getting uh, kicked out of that group also. So now I run my own groups. Very good. <laughs> because you, you know that's that's just a thing. Like you just can't trust that people won't get upset over largely nothing yeah absolutely when you even and it's not even it doesn't have to be vulgar or it doesn't have to be loud or it doesn't have to be anything other than i disagree with you and some groups will just shut it down yeah how long do you want to do this is this evolving as a practice are you allowing room for your business to grow and change or do you want to add things like 
uh, books or uh, live classes that really teach people what they're what they're missing out on? Well, um, currently working on the live classes would be Alex Moore, who's the other person at Practical Occult. Mm -hmm. um, that's his his current focus nice. uh, because I. I, I do have two classes that I've, I've taught at, um, two or three classes that I've taught at different events, um, but I, I don't do it very often. Uh, and I, I don't have anything that's like a canned class where you could just go on and click a link and get it. Um, and, and part of that is, uh, you know, my Virgo rising where I need to be <laughs> perfect, right? Like, so I'm, I, I wanna, wanna make sure that I have really refined these presentations. Um, and as regards to writing, I actually have some, some really exciting news that I'd like to announce. Yay. So last year I did a presentation at a conference, uh, and I spent, I spent about six months after that, turning that into a booklet. Nice. So I know, I know that sounds like an extreme amount of time for something that's so short, but this is about um, my aforementioned big interest, the Greek magical papyri. And what I've done is I've taken one spell out of it and I've just really done a very deep dive. Um, I got my friend, uh, Corey Childs to do a translation of it. So there's a new translation from the Greek mm. um, and the format of the pamphlet starts off with um, the spell and commentary on, on the translation. Um, my analysis, talking about the context of the magic, how people of the time would have considered magic, who was probably doing this magic, um, and, uh, and then at the end is the praxis, so uh, suggestions for doing this magic. Fantastic. Uh, I've, uh, I've also just signed uh, a contract with Hadian Press. Oh, that's so fantastic. That's the Secrets of Helios, Unlocking the Practical Uses of PGM 4, 1596 to 1715. That's fantastic. Can our listeners follow you somewhere so they know when it's gonna get up for pre-order? Uh, well, I have a newsletter on Practical Cult. Um, so they could sign up for my newsletter. I will absolutely be announcing it when that happens. <laughs> uh, I don't have a release date yet. Uh, I just signed a contract uh, within a week. So nice. it's like, this just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't be emailing her saying, okay, I I'm here. Where is it? It's, it's got, it's got to mature. <laughs> yes, it's, it's actually being edited and it still needs typesetting and, and things like that. So yes. And it's, it's funny how, you know, I thought I had, I thought I knew more about the, the working and the underpinnings of being an author because I have a bunch of author friends I didn't know anything <laughs> so it's really great to see how your work becomes fully realized in the world and I'm so excited for your journey for this I'm so excited to be working with Haiti and press um, I, have a, I have a bunch of things that they've already put out and it's all very high quality work it's beautiful is there something you wish that magical people of different stripes or flavors talked about more results right yes so, absolutely a thousand percent so i i would i would love to hear more people talk about results and what exactly they're doing so i often uh 
for example, go into chaos magic groups mm-hmm. who are like, yeah, I drew this sigil and it worked. I got money. Right? Well, what does that mean? I mean, does that mean you found some change in your couch? Or does that mean you like walked outside and found a hundred dollar bill on the sidewalk? You know, what, what, really, what does this mean? So when people say this works, we often don't know what this works means because mm-hmm. they're not going into enough detail. So um, I love seeing exactly how things are working and um, how we can make them work better. It's, I almost liken it to people discussing their salary at work. Where it's like they think there's a taboo if you talk about the results that you've attained, that mm-hmm. something bad, you know what it is? I just realized it. I think it has to do with the, you know, we, we get taught as kids that the first candle magic is your birthday, blowing out your candles and making wishes. But one of the things they always tell you as a kid is that if you talk about it, your wish won't come true. And so I almost wonder how much that played a part in the idea that if you talk about your results, they'll go away somehow. You, they, somebody takes your money back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, and, and there's also the, uh, I, th- I think there's, there's a lot of maybe dogma in magic where, where people are very sure that it works a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't necessarily tested that, right? They just, it's been said so much. They just ran with it. Um, and I, I'm one of those people that kind of questions everything. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in my magic where, you know, people would say, oh, well, you, you can't do this during, uh, Mercury retrograde, or you can't do this if the moon is waning, or you can't do this if there's been an eclipse or whatever. Well, okay, let's, let's test that, you know, are those real things? Or is that something that like someone heard from their teacher who heard from their teacher and nobody's ever done it because someone like five generations ago said, oh, you should definitely not do this. And nobody's done it because they're sure it won't work. One of the first classes I took as a, as a young person was an astrology class talking about magic through the lunar phases. by the astrological, not the waxing full waning. And they had talked about the facts that, you know, when you are looking at your calendar and you're finding when those um, planets are void, of course, and they're in between their different stations, oh, you can't do magic then. Well, um, like, unless you're bipolar, because then it would totally work. It's like, how did you, where did you come up with that? How did, why do you think that's a thing? Much less, and are telling a room full of people that this is a gospel. Like, where did, <laughs> did you test this or did you just, it sounded good so you wrote it down yeah and and that's that's the thing if if any anyone who has been in occult groups on social media um you know goes into them and it is just full of people kind of preaching yes. you know, they will come in there and they'll be like well you know this is the way things are and you know you've you've got this you know emotional body within you and it's really a parasite that's feeding off it and she's like, ooh, wow. Like, that's, um, that's, that's, a, that's a belief. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and they, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that however people are interpreting things is wrong, but, you know, it's, it's when they, they take it out of their head and then they bring it to the public and they're like, no, this is the way it is. It's like, 
well, maybe the way it is for you, but that that is not objectively the way things are now. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no objective there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I, I literally see it every day. Um, I try not to engage, you know, but, you know, there's there's people in there that are, they're just giving out misinformation um, about things that have right information. So, um, for example, I saw someone talking about the, uh, Chaldean planetary hours and how they started at sunset. And I'm like, no, that's not true. <laughs> they start at dawn. <laughs> like, when you're dealing with the public, especially, what's the one thing that most people want to know about the work that you're doing? I'm, I'm unsure. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess people want to know how I'm getting results, um, but I'm happy to I'm happy to talk about the Greek magical papyri. Um, the first book that got me into planetary magic with angels was called The Seven Spheres by Rufus Opus. So that's a great starter book for anyone that wants to start working with planetary angels. Um, it's a short little volume, and it's a uh, it's very, it's very quick and easy. I actually started conjuring angels within about two weeks of acquiring the book. Wow. Um, and I just, I had, I had the, just the cheapest little setup. I had a, I had a tray, like a, a tray table and a, a bowl of water to scry in, like a candle, like it really, um, really wasn't a big thing. Actually, I think I did at the time have a have a scrying device, a uh, a scrying ball that someone had given me rather than a, a bowl. But you you can just use a bowl. You don't need a, a crystal to scry in. Fantastic. I mean, a lot of people have this image in their head of uh, the vast amounts of laboratory equipment and stones and really esoteric and expensive items, and it's really not the case. Yeah, you can really you can really start this stuff up with with very easy materials, um, and just make it more complicated over time. You know, I I did eventually acquire an ebony wand, but I didn't have one to start with. Uh, sure. Even though you know the the ritual calls for it, mm -hmm. I worked without it. It's so neat because adapting our practice to the things that you have available is such an important skill that doesn't get taught as often as I would like, you know, not that anybody, not that anybody cares what I think, but it's so neat to be able to say, okay, these are the things that I really want. And these are the things that I, you know, okay, it would be nice if they showed up, if I had the opportunity and the means to do any work with them. Yeah. I'm trying to think of my next question. <laughs> well, I, as far, as far as materials too, I do, I treat, I try to, get what I can, but especially when you, when you look into the Greek magical papyri, um, it's, it's wild. I mean, this is ancient magic. It'll be like, you know, take a falcon, you know, and <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let me just get <laughs> the falcon out of my pantry before I keep the falcons. <laughs> of course. You know, or, you know, it'll, it, it'll talk about absolutely unobtainable things. And, uh, you know, so, so then at that point, you're just like either, well, I guess I'm not going to do that spell or, 
what could I potentially substitute? Um, you know, but it's, it's perfectly fine to just try something with what you have. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You found especially, one way that it didn't work. Yeah, especially, especially with, um, with working with angels. Um, they're not mean. Like, they're not going to smite you because you tried to call them and you didn't have the right type of incense or something. You know, <laughs> they, they may not show up. Um, or, more likely, they do show up and, and the person just can't perceive them. Uh, because right. very subtle. Um, I uh, I heard a story one time from a, just a random friend on the internet who was saying that he uh, he had used the uh, screen of his phone when it was off as a black mirror for scrying, mm-hmm. um, and and that he had conjured an angel successfully with it. And I was like, wow, that's incredible, you know. Um, and you and you saw the angel on the blank screen of your phone he was like yeah and I was like well what happened and he said that he he had asked for all this stuff and the angel was like no (laughs) (laughs) and I was like and then I was thinking he might have actually contacted an angel (laughs) (laughs) that does sound likely (laughs) I don't know what about your what about practical occult has brought you the most joy the reviews and helping people. But I, I mean, I just, I love, I love getting the reviews. Like every time a review comes in, um, I'm just like, Ooh, let's read it. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's just a a big dopamine hit to be making people happy and exceeding expectations. And the feedback is so valuable when they say, okay, I've, I, I got this Pentacle to help with my finances and guess what now I'm, I'm able you know got my credit score up to 750 or you know they it's not just the fact that they love what you do because we do um I'm, I'm just speaking for everyone at this point <laughs> but also that they can look at the results then in the other reviews that are posted seeing that they're not the only one because it gets to this point where like okay did this did my working really work or was this coincidence? Right, right. And that's, and that's another thing about magic, right? Like, it's not always, it's not always like TV, you know, you, you see someone doing magic, and all of a sudden, they're glowing blue, and, you know, sparkles are in the air. <laughs> you can see that something is clearly happening. The music has changed. <laughs> you know, the music is spooky. That's, that's not, that's not how this works. So, you know, you can do you can do magic for a friend to get a job and then the friend gets a job, but also that friend had 40 resumes out at the time you did the magic. So was it magic or were they just qualified for this job? You know, so, so it gets down to things like that where it's not always completely obvious that it was magic, but it adds up, right? Like if you do that 50 times, <laughs> And similar things happen, like maybe it was magic. You're getting to the point where we have a graph that says, hey, this is statistically a thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah, I, I once, this is this was such a great, this was such a great day. I was once in the post office on uh, Concord Pike and I was uh, I was mailing packages as I do all the time. And I ran into someone who had their car had broken down in the 
in the uh, post office parking lot and they needed someone to uh, loan them their phone. Now this was, uh, this was during the pandemic and nobody wanted to loan them a phone because pandemic. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I, I sat there while she called AAA and it was, it was like a big long thing where, you know, to try to try to get this resolved. And as she was on hold, uh, we were chatting and I could see that she had um, a lot of spooky, spooky jewelry on, you know, like the, um, like Egyptian themed stuff. And I was like, this person's probably pagan, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I think they had a, uh, like a Fleetwood Mac type uh, Stevie Nicks shawl on. And right. uh, so you know, we were talking and she was very upset because uh, as a result of the pandemic, she was out of work and uh, afraid that she wasn't going to be able to pay for repairs to the car, to the car uh, which she would then need to get a job. So uh, I said, I said, hey, uh, here's my card contact me after the fact and I'll, I'll help you. So I, I ended up doing magic for a stranger that I met in the post office. And then um, like a week or two later, she messaged me to be like, yeah, everything is resolved. That's fantastic. So. Is there anything, what brings you the most what are you fascinated by? What what is the piece that you're like looking to do with your business that goes next, like that will stretch your your skills, so to speak? So I love I love the magic of the antiquity line. So the pentacles, the Solomonic pentacles, are all established. They come right out of grimoires, looking exactly as they do. Um, you know, if if the art is different, it's only slightly different. Um, but for the magic of antiquity, that's stuff that I'm just kind of inventing as I go along. Um, so, for example, one of the uh, one of the products that is being consecrated by the spell the Helios that I just am writing a book booklet about. Um, that's based on the design is based on the Cairo Zodiac, which was a Roman imperial era artifact that they found. Um, and it was, it was found in a museum or found in a antiquities market in um, Egypt and then moved to a museum. And so I used the design of this artifact um, and then I, I blessed it with a spell. So, you know, this is, this is something that probably didn't exist in this fashion uh, in antiquity, but, um, I love it. And, you know, it's, it's very popular and I've, I've got it as little amulets and little plaques now. That's fantastic. What's motivating you? What, when you get up in the morning and you're like, okay, I got to go to work. I got to get some stuff done. What, what drives you? What motivates you? I, I love my job. I mean, I, I love, I love sitting around and saying like, what do I want to make next? What do I want to study next? what, what is, is there, is there a need that people aren't meeting? That's definitely the, one of the best questions that pagan businesses can drive is where, where is that hole? Where's the niche? Where can we do something to better our community or our, our practices? 
Right. And I think that one of the things that would really help people in the pagan community, especially, is uh, easy, effective magic. So, for example, the, the spell the Helios that I keep referring to, um, it doesn't actually require any materials. Like the spell itself did not call for incense or candles. I add them, but that's just because I have them. You could just do it by yourself. Um, it only takes about 20 minutes to recite the whole thing. And uh, it's it just brings blessings. Um, and I know people who have started doing it as a daily practice and their life just kept getting better and better. Um, I, I find that uh, the Cairo Zodiac for me helps me succeed on things that I was blocked at. Uh, and actually that's how I was even able to write the original presentation and the booklet because I made the thing and then I wore it and then it helped me get past my writer's block. Um, I just, I kept flip-flopping about how I wanted the format to be and what should be first and second. And, you know, I was, I was just going to mess with that forever. And every time I rearranged it, I'd be like, oh, I'll only just rewrite these paragraphs then. And it's like, no, Allison, just pick away and do it. <laughs> like, don't, don't linger on this. Just get the thing done. So. Absolutely. Because... <laughs> You can edit it, something to death. I mean, you get to the point where it looks good. And then if you keep editing, you're just taking down yeah, good and, work. And that's that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad I went with Hadian. Um, uh, Erzabeth is, is such an amazing, amazing woman. And I knew that uh, her and her staff would, you know, my work would be in good hands. So I was able to get it to the point where I was just like, you know what, this is as done as good as I can get it. And then they're just going to put the fine polish on it. And, um, you know, I trust them. Fantastic. Well, how can our listeners find you to can support the amazing work that you're doing? Yeah, well, I am um, practicalocult.com. Um, and also I'm on Facebook as myself. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really am down to meet new people uh, with common interests. Um, I, I'm one of the admins of the PGM study and practice group on Facebook. So it's like a special interest group for this uh, little niche of uh, Greco-Egyptian magic that I'm into. Um, yeah, but yeah, mostly my website. Thank you so much for stopping by to hang out with us. And I'm really looking forward to seeing your booklet when it when it is officially published. And I fangirl and make noises and have you sign it. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to have you back when it's when it's on and it's we can tell people all about how amazing it is. Thanks. I'd love to come back. <laughs> uh, as always, we are all trees in the forest. Nurture each other. Thanks and have a great day. Bye. Goodbye. Remember, we're all trees in the forest. Nurture each other. <laughs>